All right, so I've totally forgot to uh, click the intro music, but it's okay. I'll remember the outro music. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of the USL show. Um, I'm clearly on top of my game. I move out of the truck for one episode, and suddenly, you know, I forget how to do podcasting. So good for us. Um, <laughs> we are being joined by a really, really special guest, and it is, um, you know, guy who's been around the game for a long, long time now. Um, he is, he has been there, done that, has seen leak to WPSL. And now we are looking at possibly going fully professional and we are talking from real new, uh, real central New Jersey, uh, Ira Jersey. Yeah. So, so it's actually real central New Jersey okay. uh, where, because, you know, some people don't think that central Jersey exists, but of course, we who live there know that it does because we live there. We're from there. So, you know, central Jersey is real. So real central Jersey is, uh, you know, uh, it has to be put on the map now. And, and we want to be the, the club to do that. Well, that was one thing that uh, when I was reading about the club and all that kind of stuff, because when we do our uh, league two and our W league, you know, I like to get a little bit of a bio and get a figuring out who, who all is what, who like what certain clubs stand for, because some clubs are very upfront um, on their website and then with their academy of we want to make your kids professionals. And some of them are just like, we want to serve the community. And one of the things that's right there on the front page is we aren't New York City. We aren't Philadelphia. We aren't wherever we are central New Jersey. Like we are New Jersey. And that was something that was like really cool to me is that you aren't trying to ride the coattails of just some big city. You are who you are. Well, I, I think for the United States to become a soccer country, right? A, a proper soccer country, you know, similar to some of the big soccer nations around the world, whether you're talking about Brazil or Argentina or, or places in Europe, you know, we have a challenge just because of the size of our geography, but it really does come down to having local clubs and not local clubs that are interested in just the profit motive. You know, certainly we don't want to lose a lot of money as a club, right? That That's unsustainable, right? We can't do that forever. Right. But at the same time, you know, you know that the, the goal is to try to become part of the community, bring groups together, um, and you know basically try to better soccer and and allow a pathway for those people who want to have a pathway from you know youth to to college to pro or just youth directly to pro. Um, but then also, you know, help people in, in other ways. I mean, we have an adult men's team now that's not in the USL system. We play in something called the Eastern Premier Soccer League. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple of our players are should be playing in college right now. But because of either grades or their own finances or, you know, just English as their second language. So, so they, they didn't know that, you know, college was really an option. I have a couple of them. I'm, they're going to get scouted this Sunday be, by a college coach because, you know, they're good enough to play there. And, you know, mm -hmm. so, so a college coach said, hey, do you guys happen to have a, you know, speedy, uh, creative attacker? And I said, yes, I do. And this kid fell through the cracks because he's an immigrant. And, you know, it's it's it. hopefully that that's something that we can help everyone and lift up the community through the soccer lens. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I if finding ways to uplift local community is I mean, should be on the front foremost of everybody's mind. Um, you know, a place that so far has done a good job is a guy that is uh, sitting to my right right now, and that's Tyler with Lexington SC. 
Um, Lexington has done a really good job of being included with the community. But Tyler, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's just a busy, busy week, but uh, here, I'm thriving. It's uh, Ira, just, uh, I know we're talking about how I'm doing, but uh, I really like what you were talking about with that, given the community opportunities. And I know you guys got an academy system, right? So like, is, is that something that you guys really are, are just planning on making like your core? Because uh, as Kayla mentioned, uh, Lexington is really all about the academy system being like the baseline and then to build up. And now with you guys trying to expand and, and go into the USL, is that going to be instrumental for you all? So so certainly the, the academy teams will be very important uh, in, in general, but, but the way that we're doing our youth infrastructure is a little bit different than some others. So, you know, I know South Georgia and Lexington and some other places, they're building mm-hmm. out their soup to nuts, you know, seven-year-old up to 19-year-old um, player pathway. New Jersey is inundated with youth clubs. We have, you know, youth clubs all over the place. And, right. uh, you know, many of them are very high level. So when you think about, you know, the Players Development Academy, Matchfit Academy, Cedar Stars, Next Level Soccer Academy, all of these very high level uh, clubs that are in and around our, our catchment area, right? So Central Jersey, um, you know, we, we, we don't want to necessarily compete with them. We'd rather mm-hmm. others develop players, let players play at the level and, and for the club that suits them the best. And then, yeah. you know, as, and then filter that, um, th- those players up into our system. So through mm-hmm. our USL Academy team, um, and then hopefully to, you know, the, the one of the first teams, whether it's a USL league two team or, or the USL league, league one team or on, and on the women's side, um, our WPSL team or, or our super league team. So so, so that you know, and obviously those professional teams don't exist yet. That's that that is certainly the the goal and and what we're working toward. But even today, you know, we had a 15 year old who plays for one of our affiliate clubs um, mm-hmm. who was on our USL2 roster, and yeah, you know, we hope to have more of those types of players. You know, let them integrate, get let them see the speed of play because as you move up through the ranks, you realize, hey, I'm a really good player at 15 years old. And then suddenly you're playing with 19, 20 year olds who, quite frankly, if they weren't going to college, might be able to play in USL League One, which I have three players that I, I'm 100 percent know could play in USL League One if they weren't going to Division One colleges right now. And, you know, all of a sudden you realize when you're 15, like, hey, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was because, you know, these guys are, are just thinking faster Um and uh, and just know how to get the ball off their foot. They read the game better, right? It, it's a little intangibles, right? It's not even, it's not the physicality. It's not necessarily your talent on the ball, right? The skills that you have or or what kind of moves you can do. It's really mm-hmm. the mental game. And, and that's mm-hmm. the big difference between, uh, you know, as you move up in level really is your your speed of play and how quickly you think to to move the ball. And it's uh, and, and, and that's huge, I think, and giving the ability for 15, 16 year olds to play against professionals um, is something that I think can only help soccer and, and help soccer everywhere in the country. Well, the wonderful thing that um, you guys are going to have the advantage of doing the academy stuff, doing the League Two stuff, where you mentioned the D1 players, you know, the D2, D3, you know, NIAI, if I hope I got all those letters right, uh, players, (laughs) they, the wonderful thing about the USL um, championship in League One is that they do have academy contracts that kids can come and play for the professional team if they're good enough, stay for the summer like they would a summer 
team, the downside being they might not play as much as they would in a League 2 squad, for example, where everybody, they start off in training camp, they do all at the same time, but they also get that opportunity to play professional without losing their eligibility. And that's something that the USL, I think, has done a really good job at promoting. And maybe that's something that you guys could also utilize. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the reasons why we really were keen on on partnering with USL is the academy contract situation. So the ability for us to go to our youth partners, find those you know kind of diamonds in the rough that could potentially play in a professional environment, and you know sign them to an academy contract, get them four or five six games, like whatever the, the maximum allowed is, and and have them have them you know train in that first team environment. Um, because I think that's important to do too, you know, for 15, 16 year olds to ha- just have that experience to see, hey, is this something that I think I want to do? Right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who say, hey, I want to be a professional soccer player. But realistically, what does that mean? Right. What are the sacrifices you have to make? What is the training environment like? You know, like, you know, guys w- will be nice in general and, and women will be nice in general. But, you know, they also know that, you know, this is a person who might take my spot, is a, might take my starting spot. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to react to that? And sometimes you're going to get that bad apple. Right. That That's going to you know, not be nice to you. So, you know, can you deal with that at 15, 16 years old? Because um, that, that, that's the unfortunate reality of competitive sports is you're taking away someone's livelihood, right? If they get a, if they get an right. appearance bonus and now they're not appearing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're literally taking money out of that person's pocket, right? So, so, so hopefully that doesn't happen in, in our club, but it, that is something that I know has happened in professional clubs, you know, both here in the U.S. and, and in Europe. So it's, uh, but yes, the, the academy, the academy program is very important. In fact, this year, um, in 2023, we will have a USL um, uh, boys academy team, and we'll be sending through our youth affiliate Next Level Soccer Academy uh, in Pennington, New Jersey. We'll be sending teams down to the USL uh, Academy Cup on the women's side. So, um, so we're really excited to be, uh, you know, participating in, uh, you know, in, in different USL programs to help the, the development of our player pool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was curious. Like, sorry, Kaylee, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's not important. Go for it. No, no, you're good. I was just curious about like the the decision making process that that led you guys to eventually decide you wanted to go for a League One bid and a Super League bid, um, and, and what led you there because not all USL two teams are are in that mode or or seeking that necessarily as actively as as you guys obviously are. <laughs> Yeah, so so the, the the first goal was when when we first start, started to talk about this, which was quite frankly right before the pandemic hit. So we started in in basically January yeah. of 2020, started <laughs> right. to talk about this. I think I had my first discussion with Joel Nash at the uh, um, at the coaches convention in 2020. Right, that was kind of the the, the first time we we talked about USL two and and what we were you know moving toward. But but the original goal was to say, okay, look, we have a great youth landscape in in Central mm-hmm. Jersey, but what we don't have is a really robust um, landscape for adult soccer. And, and so I was thinking about, you know, going to a NPSL team or USL League 2 team and helping out as a volunteer, you know, on either the business side or, 
or or the soccer operation side. And, and what I what I realized at the time was that there was no team within an hour of my house. I'm like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how is there not a team in the Princeton Trenton area? Like, you know, think about how many national team players came out of this area. Think about, right. think about how many players, go, you know, high level players and MLS draft picks go to Rutgers or or Princeton or or Ryder University, right? Like, and all of those are right in our area. And it's like, where where do these guys play in the summer? Like, they don't have right. anywhere to play. Um, so so it allowed us to. Um, so, so the first thing was we said, okay, I'm going to create a USL League Two team. You know, we'll start on the men's side. We'll, we'll build that out, and then we'll, you know, grow into having a women's program. And and it just happened that one of the um, one of the people, one of my partners now, Ben Kernleck, who said you know, he, he's very involved with, uh, with next level soccer and with local New Jersey ODP. And, and he's been a coach for a very long time and is just a soccer nerd, like as much, if not more than me. Um, and he, um, so he said, well, look, I, if you want to run the men's program, I'd like to run a women's program. So, you know, suddenly now we have two partners and then we brought on Jeremy Ryan, who, uh, was actually my assistant coach on my son's team in a rec program um, in, in our town. And he was like, I love soccer. You know, like, you know, you're so passionate. I want to be part of this project. And he owns his own marketing company. So so he came in and is our third partner. And and between the three of us, we just we, we've tried to grow the club. And, you know, it's been really challenging because we started this whole project in the middle of the pandemic. We didn't even know until about 10 days before our first kick of our first game back in May of 2021, if we could even have, um, you know, fans in the stadium, right? Like, right, you know, right. So like, we, we stopped <laughs> selling season tickets. We had sold 50, 80 season tickets and we're like, we have to stop because we don't know if we're going to have more than 25% of the capacity in the stadium. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so it has been a little bit of a challenge because I think our momentum kind of hasn't been at the pace that we want. But when it, when it came to, to trying to build a professional franchise, I, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing from our perspective is, look, we have a great event that's coming up. That's going to get a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped launch the major league soccer back in the early nineties when the world cup is here in 2026, I think that could be the next impetus. And I think us soccer and a lot of us soccer aficionados think this too. It's going to bring a lot of attention from casual sports fans toward the mm-hmm. sport. And, and, and I think it'll bring in a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't love the sport, but, you know, but if you live in, you know, in Trenton and it's just hard for you to travel an hour and spend $20 on parking at Red Bull arena or down at, um, you know, what is it now? Subaru park. It changes. It just changes its name. Um, <laughs> you know, where the Philadelphia union, I know it's MLS. It's not USL. So it, it, it doesn't matter. Not my, not my <laughs> right, right. But, but, but the point is like, like, you know, if you think about it, right. To go to an MLS game, it, it might cost you and for your, you and your family, 150 or $200 to go to a game. And I'm yeah. not saying you shouldn't because it's, it's great product. It's great soccer. Look, I've been, I've been, was a Metro stars fan. You know, as soon mm. as I moved up to yeah. Northern Jersey in 1998, I've, I had season tickets to the Metro stars and the, and, and the, the, the Red Bulls. Um, but for a lot of families, it's difficult to, you know, get there and it's difficult to pay that amount of money to go to more than one or two games a year, you know, right. you know, meanwhile, for what it might cost you to go to one game, you can get season tickets to our team. Right. So, so mm-hmm. it's just very affordable, hyper-local soccer and, and, and an entertainment outlet and something, you know, get your kids off the TV and come and watch, you know, high-level soccer. Like that's the, um, well, I say TV, it's really, you know, get them off their phones and computers, I guess. Yeah. Nowadays. Like, <laughs> um, but, but, but the point is, is that we want to be, you know, a, a community-based organization that, that allows, 
people to get together and bring communities together. You know, our sponsors have been mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, you know, they, they've been really supportive and, and more and more have come on that first year. It was really hard to get sponsors because no one wanted to sponsor events. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, n- now that, you know, we've, more or less totally reopened it's been uh, much easier like people have been coming to us to sponsor right and that's that's great yeah so that's wonderful that you brought that up because we were talking about this uh behind the scenes uh so for people who are listening to this you know whether it's live i think i saw we had 30 some people watching on twitter unfortunately if you ask questions on twitter we can't see that on here that's one of the limitations of Streamyard. so um sorry um but you know, we have we are looking to sponsor a W League or a League Two club. You know, we prefer one that that does both, but you know, it's one or the other. Um, and that's something we're looking at. We want to give back to the community. Um, we want to grow, especially the lower leagues of lower league soccer. And something that you guys do that not a lot of clubs do, and it makes it really difficult, is you have which sponsorships are available you tell you have it on out front like which part of the shirt which if it's the warm-up shirt is it the side patch is it just the boards is it just is it going to be like a certain player is it a certain moment and then you have the prices on there you know that's something that i think a lot of teams could really learn from is being very transparent with your prices because some people don't want to get into sponsoring a club because unfortunately we, you know, you kind of talked about it, you know, kids getting on their phone, on the tablet, you know, we always talk about how the younger generations, you know, attention span shrinking. Well, so is everybody's. And when we are in a one or two click world, if it takes writing out a whole email and then there's a chance <laughs> you don't even get a response, you don't want to deal with it. And so a, uh, kudos to you guys for having that just be available, but be the prices that are on there. How do you get to that point? Is that something that, you know, you, you do the finance stuff. You you've been in that world for a long time. Is it stuff that you've been studying over time or is this like, this is what's worked in years past. We just keep on going. Yeah. So, so we just finished our second season as uh, w- with our WPSL and USL two team. So, um, you know, we're still learning. I mean, that's, that's a big thing, right? Every season we've learned more and more. Um, and what one of the, you know, so th- there were a couple of things that, that, um, you know, that we've, we're trying to change for this year from a fan experience perspective, for example, you know, we got a lot of great feedback. We actually did a, a survey of both our sponsors and also our, uh, um, our, our, our attendees to our games. Like, what would you like to see? What would bring you back for more? We especially hit on the people who've only came to one or two games, right? Not people who mm-hmm. necessarily bought season tickets or came to five or six. And, and we were able to track all that. So having that data and information, it, it, you know, I, I know it sounds a little big brotherish, right? Like, you know, we're tracking people, but, <laughs> but, but it's important because we want to provide them the services that we think we can. We just need to know what those are. So, so, so we got some great feedback from some of them and I can talk a little bit about it, but on the sponsor side, um, you know, we basically did a budget and said, okay, here's the amount that, that the, the minimum that we need in order to run the club. And here's where we need to break even. And, and we have not been profitable yet. I'll be upfront with that. Um, you know, this year was way better than last year, right? 2021 was absolutely horrendous for us, particularly because mm-hmm. it was hard to sell sponsorships. And, you know, like right. we could only have 50% capacity in our stadium and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we were much closer, um, you know, still, um, you know, you know, still on the red, but but much closer to uh, to profitability. Um, so, so you know, for for us, it was 
you know, we, 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 we know we have the one big asset, which is our Jersey, right? The, the Jersey mm-hmm. is the one big asset. Um, and we really, you know, wanted to sell that and, and let everyone know like, Hey, this is your brand. Um, so we really wanted a regional brand for that. So we, we really went to some larger companies in our area who, you know, not only did we think uh, would be um, able to spend the money, but also would be good partners for us. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was very important. Right. So, so, um, so, so we focused quite a lot on on that sponsorship and and Capital Health, which is a local hospital system in the in the Princeton Trenton area. Um, you know they've been great sponsors. I mean they 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 love soccer. They always mm-hmm. send representatives to all of. It. We had a World Cup watch party for the U.S. Iran game and. Um, and you know they they had three three or four people from uh, from Capital Health came, um, and yeah you know they're just they're just super right they they helped with our breast cancer awareness night for example that we had at one of our WPSL games, so so in pricing some of the other things quite frankly it was we wanted to we wanted to make it affordable but at the same time not you know but at the same time make it profitable for us right so mm-hmm. so th- that's kind of where where. Um, that that's kind of where we tried to price these things. So like an official sponsorship, for example, is basically a thousand dollars a year. Um, not crazy expensive, but you, you know, you're helping us out. You get your name on the, on the website. We have um, a fair number of Instagram and Twitter followers. So we, we do social media posts for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the sideline board sponsor board sponsor, that's one of my favorites because you get, you know, basically that's, that's an upgrade from the official sponsorship where you get a sideline board on the, uh, on, on the field at every game, which is shows up on 11 sports. We had, I think last year we had something like five or 6,000 people watch our streams, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is not, not terrible, uh, you know, plus all the fans in the stadium. Right. So, so, you know, th- there's value there for having your signage um, on, on the side. And, um, um, you know, so, so it's great. And, and, you know, this year, not everyone is coming back who is a sideline sponsor, but of the six, I think five are coming back and that's, that's great. You know, like they, they, they found value in it. Um, and, uh, and it's, it, it's a great way for like regional, you know, hyper local regional, uh, companies to, to get their name out and to be part of something that, you know, brings the community together. So it's, it's really exciting in, in that, in that regard. And we do have, we do have to update our website. I have to say here, because uh, you know, some of the things that were secured for 2022 have not been secured for 2023 yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so those will be available in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Good to know. Hey, if anybody wants to sponsor, Hey, we all know who to get in touch with. Yeah. Um, I always think, I always think it's neat. Like when, when you say, yeah, you know, when, when, when you watch one of our streams and you see someone um, say we scored a goal and like, this is the first goal sponsored by first bank. Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of neat, right? So it's, it's yeah. first bank, it's the first goal. And then the first half mm-hmm. was sponsored by first bank. You know, it's like, it's, you know, great to have that financial partner, um, you know, as well. So it's just, it's really fun. And, and, and the nice part is like things like our Jersey sponsor, for example, um, you know, they're, they're coming back for 2023 as well. And, and, and they wanted to like immediately. So it's great that uh, Capital Health is, is really helping us out. Yeah, this Love is it. one of those things. It's one of those things that we, I think a lot of, and you, you're you very transparent with saying, you know, it's not profitable yet, right? But I think one of the things that I think is a common misconception is that a lot of these clubs, like you mentioned, it's not profitable yet, but it's getting there, right? Not 
all of the t- not all the time is it just a money pit that you are for sure going to lose all your money forever and ever. <laughs> um, and because that's what's really scary about building any kind of business. And whether we like to admit it, you know, football, soccer is a business. There is a there's the side that we watch and we talk about, we commentate on and we enjoy. But, you know, there's some financial advisors that are in the back room going, fellas, that's saying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you know that, that's a really good point because, you know, it has to be a passion of love. But first and foremost, you know, we, we do approach it as is it's a business. Look, I'm I'm you know, I'm at my day job right now. I'm wearing a suit and tie, you know, and, and my suspenders, you know, I look very much like a banker, even though I'm not a banker. <laughs> um, but the, the, the point the, the the point that you made is very, is very good because it is a business. And, and I think the problem with a lot of clubs, particularly at the league two and, and, and uh, NPSL level and, and that kind of level is soccer people start it and they treat it like a pay to play soccer club and not, like a business where you have to go out and get sponsors and go get fans and and treat it like that so unless you have a big enough youth club that can basically pay for your usl2 or or you know w league team um you you need to treat it like it's a business like it's a pro club um and the challenge there at least for us and and you know i'm again i'm going to be as transparent as, as i can be without you know breaching any uh nda um, you know, agreements and stuff is, is that the season's very short, right? The season's mid-May through mid-July. You're talking about seven home games uh, or, or, you know, 14, you know, seven home games for each team. So it, it's a very quick season. And it, so it's a very quick turnaround. So, so you, to, so the challenge there is, is that you have to do almost as much work as you would if you had a, you know, a 14 home game season and it lasted, uh, you know, lasted twice or three times longer, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, so that is also a challenge because, you know, one of the things that we heard from fans, for example, is, well, look, I can't go to two games a week, right? I can't go to a Wednesday and a Saturday game. I can only go to the Saturday game because, you know, Wednesday the kid has school or, you know, the, you know, I, you know, the kids can't stay up till nine o'clock at night or whatever. Right. So, mm-hmm. so there's, there's, um, there's other challenges with this kind of league. I think in the professional league, it's actually a little bit easier in, in some ways because you have a, a bigger geographic base, right? So our League Two franchise area is much smaller than our League One franchise area will be, um, and on on and it's the same franchise area on, on the women's side in in terms mm-hmm. of the uh, Super League team. So so I think that that in a way it, it's easier also because it's just a more spread out season, right? You can focus on mm-hmm. selling tickets and and selling events and selling groups for one game and then you might not have another game for two or three weeks right so it's it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier i think um to kind of focus on each individual match whereas for like uh league two and and uh, uh the, the women's league yeah you, ha- you really have to you know you're, you're you basically have one sale date almost because you're you're selling something in a very compact uh in, in a compact time frame mm-hmm. yeah that's a great point i want to if you don't care, I want to circle back because you said that you didn't care to talk about it a little bit more with you guys' watch party, the Q&A session that you had, like on the 29th, I believe. Um, what type of feedback were you guys getting back that was like really helpful with you moving forward? Yeah, so 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 interesting. So we, we, we've gotten a little bit of feedback, a little less than actually I, I thought. I thought we would have a little bit more of a discussion, but I think everyone was starting to imbibe getting ready for the for, for, the, for the game, for the last right. stage game for the men. <laughs> Um, but, but, but it, the, the big thing that came out of that was that we had several people come up to, to me personally and, and said that really what they want to do is they, they want to know who the members of the team are. 
They really mm-hmm. want, you know, whoever the team is to be in the community, right? They want to yeah. have, um, like if you're a season ticket holder, they want to have Q and A's or like player meet and greets and, you know, different, different activities around mm-hmm. the team. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, my, my, partner Ben is and I have already been talking about doing you know some charitable things this this next summer because yeah you know again it was hard like in the pandemic we couldn't do anything right we couldn't go right. to a, we couldn't have our players go to a hospital or go to you know you know the children's ward or something and give them mm-hmm. mini soccer balls or something like it, we just couldn't right it, it wasn't allowed right. so, so now we're trying to make up ground and do some of those <laughs> yeah you know more community outreach and and make people feel good and you know do little you know street shows and, and and stuff in the community so 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 that was a big one that that most people reached out and, and then some of the others were, were just like you know it was things like we, we haven't had alcohol at our games for example because of the mm-hmm. venue that that we have um you know that will change this year and and that was mm-hmm. something that some uh, some feedback that we received so someone actually asked that like you know will there be adult beverages at, at your games i said it's a professional <laughs> team it's definitely going to have <laughs> adult beverages right? <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying Ira will be out on the field just tossing them into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, yeah, you, you throw me your fiver and I'll throw it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how how good your hot dog voice? How how can you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, you kind of mentioned getting involved in the community. Um something that I've been really keen on um being based in birmingham um despite my jersey that i'm wearing right now um <laughs> is, is you that know, a minnesota jersey no it's a tulsa tulsa. Oh, tulsa okay yeah their their admin has been has been good to us uh so i decided <laughs> to show a little love um so you know the thing that we've gotten a lot of feedback or i've been giving feedback too is we have a local basketball team that's in the g league um and they're they've been wondering why aren't people coming out why are people not coming to our g league game because you know whether we want to call it or not it's a minor league organization and the biggest thing and they were like how did you guys it's like from your perspective as someone who covers the birmingham legion and fc birmingham you know in the usl championship and then in uspl upsl sorry um how do how are you pulling ten thousand people to a division two game, but we can't even pull a hundred to our division two? How are you pulling, you know, five hundred people to a UPSL when we're not even pulling that much to ours? Um, and the biggest thing that I was able to tell them is like, do people know your players? Other than the people that are from Alabama that know the basketball players that played for Alabama, Auburn, or UAB. How many people know who your players are? Um, when we went to, when we filmed our episode of Away Days down in Mississippi, when we went down to the Bria, one of the things that they do is every single week um, they have and they have a camp that they do just right there on the street that they'll go to just some neighborhood, set up some pop-up goals, and just play soccer with the kids. Sometimes they'll get a few kids to come out and play. Sometimes they get the whole neighborhood. And the players know them, the kids know them, and that just creates connections. And I think that's where a lot of teams who, like you said, maybe fall a little flat and, you know, things that you said that you gotten answers on was they just maybe didn't know the players. And it's sometimes we think at the non-professional level 
that people won't care about the connections because they'll be gone in a couple weeks. But for some people, that's the only form of high level soccer soccer they'll ever get. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great point. And you know, the like UPSL, if especially if they have the their fall season. It's a little bit of a longer season, you know, vis-a-vis, say, USL2. Um, you know, one of the challenges that we have um, in regards to some of that community outreach and community engagement is, you know, these are college students who are coming home for the summer. Um, they have internships or jobs. Then they come and train with us or have it, or go to a game, right? So, so the time that we have with them is limited, and we don't get them until, you know, early mid-May, right? And we might have a, a game after three or four practices, right? Like we have the last two seasons, we've had literally three three practices and then a game uh, right away. So it's, it's, you know, meanwhile, you know, we have to sell tickets in advance. So, so one of the challenges that we have, which means that that puts the onus on us as the owners and the coaches. So, you know, so one of the things that we're going to do a better job of this year is we're going to use our coaching staff because our coaches are, our coaches are, you know, they're not full time, but but they are members of our staff and community. And we're going to make sure that they're out in the community and, and we're going to make sure that they're speaking with different groups, that they're going to the local youth clubs and the local rec programs. And and, and those are things that in the spring that we're going to ensure that we do this year that we, you know, quite frankly, we haven't been able to do because of the pandemic in past years. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, um, and uh, th- th- that's certainly going to be one of our focuses because you, you need to make sure people know you exist. Right. So like I had no idea there was a G league team down in Birmingham. I mean, I don't follow basketball that much either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is, is that you, you know, there is an awareness issue, right. And you have to make right. sure that people are aware that your club exists. Otherwise people won't come. Right. And, and, and there is a finite amount of time as well for people to be, to commit to. So they have to make that choice. Like, what are you going to, commit to that's why you know one of the things that that we heard from feedback from people who only came to one or two of our games was look i can only commit for you know going to two soccer games a month and i i also have season tickets to the union right so i'm going to go to you know i'm going to go to two rcnj games and i'm going to go to two union games in a, in a month right so that that's that, that that's a challenge as well um is is you know how do you how do families allocate their time right and and it's probably again it's it, i think it's a little bit easier when you have a longer more spread out season than it is when your season is incredibly uh compressed like like ours is in, in league two and the w league so i have a question about going forward with the super league so you've mm-hmm. had a pretty successful you know wpsl um your players are great. Um, I've been keeping. We had I, we had we had players in both the D two and the D three national championship games. Yep, I, mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure I saw that tweet come out at some point. I was like, that's really cool. I know whenever yeah. following uh, Alabama FC, um, you know, I heard your guy's name come up a lot because it's like check out what's going on in New Jersey. Um, but when you're going to Super League, a lot of people – now we've talked to you know people in Super League and W League. We've had a wonderful experience with that here, um, interviewing those people. Um, but we're starting to come close to the time that we're supposed to have a, le- a season soon. You know, The first season is supposed to be coming up this, uh, this upcoming year, and mm-hmm. we don't really know a lot. But – I'm pretty um, sure it's been announced that it, it won't launch till 2024. 2024? My, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What year is it? Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, you're thinking 2023 I mean, I, already. I mean, we, We're we, close, we should, though. We, we should, you know, we should start to hear about technical staffs and, and the like probably in, in the summer of next year, would be my guess. Yeah. So 
this is the first time though that we've really seen a dedicated division to women's league. You know, a lot of times before people like in WPSL, UWS, W League, it's like this is the second highest division of women's soccer in America. When in all reality, it's equivalent to the fourth league in the U and for the men's system. This is going to be the true, you know, second division. When you're looking at investors, when you're trying to find people to get involved, you know, what are the conversations like? Because like it's professional. It's the same exact thing as the championship financially in the sense of CBAs, uh, salaries, uh, that kind of stuff. But it's also a complete unknown commodity in this system. How do you talk to investors about that? Well, so so firstly, we, we talk about it that, look, this is we're a startup. Um, you know, we're just like any other business that's starting from scratch because we are right. There's there's no if, ends or buts about it. Um, but there is a great opportunity. Right. And, and the opportunity is when you have um, both a men's team and a women's team, for one thing, you just doubled the number of home games. So, you know, you think about USL League One and, and the fact that they added a couple more home games now or a couple more games to their overall season. One of the reasons to do that is, you know, you're you're you make most of your money from having home games. Yes, there's a cost to it, but you're going to play anyway, right? You're still going to have the stadium rental. You're still going to have the lights. You're still going to have the staff and the security and everyone else. Better to have, you know, be Richmond kickers and have 6,000 people in the stadium than 2,000, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you can double the number of games that you have, yes, you, you're in a way you're doubling your cost for the players, but you're not doubling your rent for the stadium. You're not doubling mm -hmm. your rent for training fields. You're not doubling your the amount number of people you necessarily have to pay for the trainers right now. You know you probably need two trainers. Maybe maybe you can get away with one for a men's team, but I would argue that you can't because if someone gets sick or whatever, you have to have coverage, right? But but if you have two trainers, right, one one stays with the men's team, one goes with the women's team for for their matches, that's great. And then you. Um, so, so, so there are cost synergies and, and you only need one front office, you know, you don't necessarily need to have two front offices, one for the men's team, one for the women's team. So, so, so you have more product basically to sell than you would if you only had a single team, right? So I think that that's a, a big advantage. The second thing is the women's game is growing. Like, let's face it, you know, mm -hmm. the, look, the men got knocked out of the world cup. It would be absolutely insane. And, you know, if you think soccer Twitter would have been was mad in 2018 after Kuva, can you imagine what would happen if the women's national team got knocked out in the in the round of 16 at the World Cup? I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you remember what happened in the Olympics when Sweden, yeah. beat us, right? Like uh -huh. it would be worse than that. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think that that there's just a great opportunity. We, we are very much into you know, ensuring, uh, ensuring as best we can gender equity, um, you know, having both teams, like we were never going to go pro without having a path for both, uh, for, for both teams. Um, you know, and, and especially since something like, like for us, um, you know, having a, a, a lower division team that returns to the central Jersey now that, you know, sky blue used to play in central Jersey. So sky blue used to be based at Rutgers. They moved now, now that they're Gotham FC, they moved up to Red Bull Arena in, in North Jersey. So so kind of that left a void, right? One of the reasons why, why we considered 
the, the professional route was, look, now there's a void. Yeah, I used to be able to go. I used to go to five or six Sky Blue games every year, right? I used mm-hmm. to bring my daughter's soccer team to Sky Blue. Am I going to bring my doctor, my daughter's soccer team up to Gotham FC? I did, but you know what? It's a slog from where we live, mm-hmm. right? We live in Jersey. Right. It's like the most densely populated state in the country. Getting, you know, it, I would tell you, hey, it's only 35 miles. To you, you know, in Alabama, that might be 40-minute drive. For us, yeah. it's like two hours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that was always one of the things that blew my mind. Uh, like my fiance uh, grew up in Atlanta. And she oh, was like, she was like, oh, like she was like, yeah, like I don't know if I want to go there. It's five miles away, and I'm like, let's go right now. No big deal. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Having flashbacks, of being stuck in traffic in Atlanta. <laughs> like I was the moment that I realized that that miles don't mean anything in certain places. <laughs> that was. It's all so you know. I grew up on Long Island, so it's it's mm-hmm. not completely dissimilar to New Jersey. Don't tell anyone from New Jersey I said that because <laughs> you know they'll, they'll they'll disagree. But but it's a look. It's it's northeast suburbia, right? And mm-hmm. and you know we always talk in terms of time, not in terms of of mileage, right? Not in terms mm-hmm. of distance. So yeah, that oh, that was always that was always one of the funniest things when I first realized that it just was not the same. That no. was that was a that was a moment for me because <laughs> I always told people it's like, oh yeah, I, I grew up, you know, 45, 45 and 60 minutes outside of Birmingham. How, how far is that? Man, 30 something miles. You know, if I if I told my fiance that we were going somewhere 30 miles away, she was like, Oh, great, we won't get there till midnight. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's that's just so exciting though to hear you guys like investing on the women's side too, and more and more teams are doing that, which is great because like I don't know, I I personally just feel like the Super League is just going to explode whenever it finally comes to fruition. Um, I mean, and just even seeing like all the success of W League teams. I mean, Minnesota Aurora, like all the support they had even before everybody realized that they were awesome. Like they just managed to garner so much community buy-in and then people like outside of the community, just all over the country that knew anything about W league, they were wanting to follow them. And then they had an amazing run. And I, I, I don't know. It's just hard not to feel like some of that, that energy came from everybody just rooting for them and being like, wow, like this is, this is a cool team I want to get behind. So I, I don't I mean, I know I'm excited for our W league and super league teams right. like that. Uh, it's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and it was it was really fun because you know we you know you always put your hands in before games and you do some kind of cheer you know it's like you know what do you say you know or we said real and it's like well guys we're not real we're something else <laughs> and and uh, you know we we had this hashtag you know get real which was our original you know idea for hashtag and that that kind of wasn't great either so like our, our you know some of the players on our women's team came up with the idea of be real right so yeah um, so so now all of our teams like when you put your hands in they all you know they're all be real and um, you know, to, to try to get pumped up and uh, um, but, but you know, that, that was from, that was from the players. Right. And, and yeah. that's, that's from their buy-in that's from them, you know, believing in, in kind of what we're trying to build here. And um, yeah, you know, our, our women, we did win, we did win the mid Atlantic division in the WPSL this year, um, mm-hmm. Brian Thompson, the coach and Kim Maurer, the assistant coach, like they did. A, and, and I can't forget Jake is the goalkeeper coach. Um, they, they, they did a great job with, with the ladies this year. Um, you know, there was just such passion. We had, a, we had a high school senior scoring goals for us. Right. Man. So, and now she goes to Lehigh and, and uh, you know, she was, I think, um, she got all kinds of accolades, right? Like freshman right. player of the year and things like that. And, and it was really just, um, 
just absolutely amazing for um uh yeah you know, absolutely amazing for 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 the the ladies this year um unfortunately we, we went to penalties um in in the uh in the playoffs in the first in the semifinals for the eastern uh conference region i think the eastern region they call it in wpsl um but uh, you know we went to pens and we lost in pens which which stunk but yeah, you know, yeah. it was just a great season, and and we're building, right? Like even on our men's side, we were dead last in our division last year. This year, mm-hmm. we came in third, and and we were, you know, one bad loss out of second place. Quite frankly, um, our right. goalkeeper, our goalkeeper got a red card in like the 15th minute of the game, so we had to we had to blow a blow a sub because I don't know if you guys know, but in League Two, there we we can sub all our whole bench, so we can have seven subs, but we're only allowed mm-hmm. three moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we have to, so in that case, when, when you have a, you know, a red card in the first half or on, on your goalie, you have to blow one of those moments at, right. you know, in the first half. So now your whole like planned substitutions go out the window. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we, you know, we were down three, nothing at halftime, but we came back and it was three, two in the end was the final. Um, so if we had gotten two, if we had gotten three points there against that team, um, we would have, uh, we, we, we would have been pretty close to the playoff line. So. Right, I know. But, you know, soccer. I know for yeah. us, we we were so excited for the League Two playoffs, and you know, Ventura mm-hmm. County came around and they they won the whole thing. And the, you know, one of the things that I love doing is this is my favorite time of year um, because I get to do my whole let's scout all the players. I want to see all the players and looking at some of the players and looking at film of some of these players that are down in the uh, down in League Two. They're just really really good um yeah and when we did our away days uh vlog to mississippi bria uh there was a guy who i i pointed out on the video i'm pretty sure um he was their starting striker i think his name was i think he was number two i can't remember his name i think he's from france absolute quadzilla like dude had the (laughs) biggest quads i've ever seen in my life and every time he shot the ball it was just an absolute missile and i was just like how is this guy here what are you doing here like it's almost it's almost <laughs> like he dropped down just to bag goals and leave to go back to france like i was just like why you can be doing big things but it's also i mean like you mentioned some people just slip through the cracks and league two is a wonderful example of that and you mentioned 11 using 11 to stream um we did our state of the usl um show last week um that was one thing that we had talked about was the streaming avenue with league one being on espn plus which you know you have to get through the rugby which i didn't even know they had rugby on espn and then they had to get to the <laughs> cricket and the cornhole and then it's like oh there's league one um same thing for the championship but it, it, there's a trick you know you can pick soccer right yeah but then it's after <laughs> but they are they hide league one behind the fa cup and the fa cup had ended like two months ago why is that even on there <laughs> <laughs> well, the FA Cup's like the U.S. Open Cup. It's actually always going on. You just—it just depends on how low the leagues are. I mean, we yeah. we participated in we participated in Open Cup qualifying, and our game was literally the week after the U.S. Open Cup final. So, yeah, I, you know, qualifying starts like right after. Right, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a year. It's like how deep you want to dig. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean we talked about one of the things that was really disappointing about league two and W league at times was that we ended up watching the same five, six teams because 
only certain ones had streaming. And for League Two, you know, real New Jersey ended up being, or real uh, Central New Jersey ends up being one of them that we ended up watching a lot because you guys actually had a stream. Um, yeah. When it comes to doing the stream, you know, yeah, yeah go, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, but let me uh, let me hold that thought just for half a second. I mean, one of the reasons that, that you know that was very important to us was we do want to present ourselves as professionally as possible, right? We want to know what the pitfalls are before we become a professional team. And, you know, so that's one of the reasons why, like, having high-quality streaming was very important to us. And um, mm -hmm. so, so anyway, so both of our, both of our seasons, we, we tried two different ways of doing the, the streams, but we did try to keep it, you know, both cost effective as well as um, as well as as high quality as we, we possibly could. So sorry about mm -hmm. that. Go ahead. Kate. No, I mean that was exactly what I was going to ask. Was what are the pitfalls? Because we see so few teams actually do it. Is it you know? Is there real logistical nightmares with it, or is it sometimes just as simple as some people are afraid to put their you know voice on a microphone and commentate, and so it just ends up being like, ah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So so finding a good you know play by play or and color commentators can be um, can be sometimes a challenge. I mean that that's that's for sure and i i think it depends on where you are like we're we're kind of lucky in, in where we are because we have a number of local universities that have communications programs and and you know sports communication sports management type programs so we're able to tap into those and partner with the local universities in order to um to, to get the the people who uh, you know th think about it to, to do a stream properly do it the way that we do it you need one camera person Sometimes we have two camera people, right? So we have we have two camera shoots. I don't know if you saw, but in about half mm -hmm. of our games, we had two camera shoots. Um, mm -hmm. We tried to do that for the bigger games if we could. Um, then you have to have a technical director. So you have to have someone, you know, on the on a, a on a laptop streaming the game, putting up the people's names, putting up the you know first goal by sponsored by First Bank, you know, doing all those things. Um, plus monitoring, you know, the 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 noise. Um, and then on top of that, you need the, your color commentator and your your play-by-play -play person. And the play-by-play -play person has to know the players. They have to, you know, be good at pronouncing names, right? Like that—that's a trick. So it, it's not easy. But that being said, I, I think that that teams don't. I think a lot of the teams that don't stream aren't are teams that don't necessarily look at, um, you, you know, don't necessarily look at it as a business. Right. Like like for us, it's a it's a business. Those again, like commercials on 11 sports are assets to potentially sell. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. um, that, that's something for us to uh, um, to monetize potentially. And the um, so, so having, you know, so it was important for us to have that quality of, of broadcasting. Um, but it's not easy. You have to think about it first. Right. And, and it takes it takes effort to find the right broadcast crew. Once you have it, it's it's all planning right so so you know the when 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 people talk about warfare for example just as an example like like people talk about tactics and like you know what equipment you're going to have on the field military people all they think about when when they talk about going to war is logistics how do we get the material to where it needs to be right um that, that that's what they think about and it's the same thing quite frankly with with something like league two in particular we plan all the way up until first kick. And then after first kick, it's actually quite easy. The season itself is actually simple. 
it's everything before the season that's a pain in the butt because you, know, you have to plan all of these things. You have to make sure everything's in place. You have all the vendors. You know, we know where the food's coming from. This year, we know where the beer's coming from, right? Those are all the things that, like, over the next six months, I have to, I have to do, right? And, and right. coordinate, get the get the liquor alcohol site permits, right, for from the state and all that that kind of stuff. Make sure we have a police officer there, right, because that's a requirement and all these things. Um, so, so, so those things are non-trivial, right? But, but I think there are some teams that do it exceptionally well, right? You think about just in our division, you think about the Ocean City Nor'easters mm-hmm. and uh, Reading mm-hmm. United. They are mm-hmm. great. And we, we're, I'm, I'm glad that one of the nice things about being involved with USL in, in general is everyone is friendly, right? I have a couple of mentors who are other owners of other league, uh, league one clubs who are giving me advice, right? I, I spent an hour on the phone with one of them last week saying, going through like line by line, like, is this a realistic number for this expense? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and went through it line by line. And, you know, if, if, if I call, you know, the owner of ocean city or the owner of, of Reading United, how did you do this? What's the best way to, um, to sponsor this? Like we, we bounce ideas off of each other. What works, what mm-hmm. hasn't, um, because we all want to succeed. We all want everyone else to succeed. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, on the field, we're enemies, right? On the field, we want yeah. to crush each other. Right. But off the field, we are, partners right because we are creating product that we want to see and, and let's face it you know us beating reading united and you know the last game of the season to to come in third place and and uh, come ahead of them um you know in a 2-1 you know uh, you know we had a, our our one third division or excuse me we had two third division players but our one third division field player scores the winning goal like in the 85th minute i mean it was just <laughs> so exciting right and and but but that you know that that's the type of fun environment that that you want right you want those close games like it's you know occasionally it's nice to have a blowout one you know and and when when in a blowout but let's face it like how many two two draws are just like nail biters and like everyone you know balls hit the post like that's the kind of stuff that you want right that's what makes the game fun um, you know, the back and forth, not, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you know, great for Portugal winning 6-1, right? But let, let's face it, <laughs> I, I, I stopped paying attention after 3-0, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, was it, it was fun for the Portuguese, yeah, sure, but is it fun for a, a neutral player, a, a neutral person? No, not, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Kind of gets that whole like vibe of just nobody scoring at that point, you know, because it's, it's the same thing happening yeah. versus like you said, I, I could definitely understand where you're coming from with the whole going back and forth. That's that's super exciting. I mean, that's like with any sport, right? Everybody wants to see those those exciting moments of like who's going to land that final blow. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You're you're going to say something. Right? I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. I was I was just reading one of the comments from uh, from Andy King here about uh, about Corey Herzog having played for uh, for Reading United. Yeah. Do you, uh, are you guys also going to sign Corey Herzog? Because <laughs> you, you're one of the few teams left. <laughs> uh, sure. For, maybe for the Open Cup. Yeah. Sure. We'll we'll, 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 we'll join. They'll play in our EPSL team. You know, because that is one of the interesting things. You know, because they changed the format of the U.S. Open Cup. And it, it, now we're going way off script, right? Uh, like, whatever whatever show notes you have, it just might as well throw them away now. Um, <laughs> they, they changed the format of the U.S. Open Cup. So now that the Open Cup, uh, you know, starts in March, um, this past year, uh, Ocean City Nor'easters, they, they qualified because they won, they won our division. And, and they qualified again because they won our division again. Um, 
it helps when you, you know, you can house people and, and they can spend their whole day at the beach, right? When they're not training, um, you know, <laughs> good for them. They, they, have a competitive, they, have, they have a competitive advantage for players. That we don't have. Um, but they, uh, so, so, but, but they won. And, and their problem is that they don't have a full year adult team. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we're interested in, you know, having a full year program. So that's one reason why we created our Eastern Premier Soccer League team that plays in the fall, that has a fall spring season, does overlap mm-hmm. a little bit with USL2. And, and there's a couple of players that we have this year that will probably make the USL2 squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll also be able to, um, you know, play in the U.S. Open Cup. Like, so, so if we had made the U.S. Open Cup because we won the Mid-Atlantic Division of, uh, of USL League Two, um, then we already we have a men's team that's ready to play in that first round of the of the Open Cup, right? As opposed to, you know, Ocean City had to like call in players from, you know, former players of theirs or just people who were around, right? <laughs> and 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 you know, it's it was definitely easier when you know the Open Cup started in May, right? Because you could have mm-hmm. two NPSL teams actually participate um, without having to cobble together some some random group of group of uh, group of guys. Um, so anyway, so 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 that's that's one of the reasons why we're very keen on on you know having a full year team even even at the amateur level. I know when we were, I think we were live streaming uh, the the USL show, the first like first round of the Open Cup before after the preliminaries, and we were just you know that we had our eye on a lot of League Two teams because we we're trying to get a whole bunch of you know players you know trying to keep up with League Two and see how it's all going, and then we get. We're what one of us, I think it was uh Ryan Allen was watching the menace match, and then he was like, and he stopped somebody and just he was like, Hold on, I need to say something. He was like, Corey Herzog just scored for the Des Moines Menace, and we're like, Hold on, <laughs> what was he doing there? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a real moment for us of like. Corey Herzog, where is he going to end up next? What a what a guy! Hey, hey, you could uh, real could go after Cavasel. He's uh he's available. I mean, dude, I mean, he has been for like eighteen uh, teams. He's played everywhere. Um, but I mean, just kind of wondering as we start to get to some final thoughts of the of the night. Looking ahead to next year, looking at League Two and your WPSL team when you are doing your open tryouts or you're doing your tryouts to just join the club, right? What are you guys looking for? Because it's, it's really difficult as a, you aren't an Academy team. So you don't have just a set system or set tactic that, that some, you know, person from above is telling you to play. Um, it's a short that's season. Not wholly, so That's not wholly true. I mean, part of my job is kind of the sporting director. So, we have a we, we have a bit of a style of play, but yeah. okay. So what are so you guys are looking for a certain style of play, but even though it's not, it, it, you could have a completely different eleven from year to year, or a different eighteen from year to year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think that there's two things. I mean, one, if if you um, if you recruit players that have a high enough soccer IQ, they should be able to adjust to what you want to do in relatively short order, right? Like you know, certainly it's. Yeah, you know, again, 
the first game or two is might be a little bit ugly because you've only had three or four training sessions. But once you get into mm-hmm. the, you know, 15 training sessions and you're two games in, you, you should, it should be a noticeable what your, um, what your style of play is. Um, so, so I do think that, yeah, you know, and, and we have a, we have a, a style of play that is, um, it, it's not direct, but it is, you know, relatively fast build up. Like we're, we're not a, just a meandering, you know, man city type of team um you know we we want to we want to you know we we take the attacking uh, the attacking team thing very seriously right we really want to be an attacking team but you also can't ignore the defense right but but we have basically a transition style of play that we want to we want to play and it's not just long ball right that's not that, that's not the point of of how we want to play um but we uh but we do have a distinct kind of set of here's the pl- type of players that we want to to have in each position so we do have kind of positional profiles that we want to see and and you know look if you're a really good player you, we might play you out of position so we have a player who was on the mls draft list last year but decided actually not to uh he decided to do a fifth year at school and take a COVID year instead of being drafted um, so, so anyway, we played him out of position the first year because we, we didn't need him in, in his natural position or the position he played in college. Um, but we, you know, we had a, we had another positional need where we thought he, his profile fit really well. And he was probably one of the three best players on our team. Right. And, mm-hmm. and um, even though he was playing out of position, um, now that, you know, we weren't a great team that year, admittedly, but, um, but, but, you know, that. Uh, but but again, the, the point is is that if you're a good player, you should be able to adjust reasonably quickly. Um, open tryouts, yeah, we we have open tryouts during the the window when NCA allows us to, so in December and, and January, so Christmas week and the first week of January. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's hard to make our team because we invite in some players that we expect to be on the team or that we've invited to be on the team already because we want to say like, where are these players vis-a-vis the players we pretty much know we're on the team and mm-hmm. you know last year we found one or two guys who were as good or better than the guys who were at tryouts you know and 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 they made the team um but it's hard right because i think what a lot of people don't understand they everyone everyone thinks oh i can play usl league too i'm really good most people are deficient somewhere right and what they don't understand is that if they haven't just played you know a very intense division one college season and, and I'm not saying you can't be Division Two or Division Three. You certainly can. And we have, like I said, like one of our starting goalkeepers was was a Division Two player. Our our starting goalkeeper was a Division Three player, and and um, we had a very good Division a Division Three player. This kid who played at Arcadia, who was, you know, we we didn't expect him to be a starter, and he worked his way into being a starter. Um, and you know, this is a great kid, Dan Tittlemeyer. I I cannot say enough about that guy. Um, but anyway, it, the, the the point is is that is that in order to be at that level you have to be playing all the time, right? You have to be Mm -hmm. playing three or four days a week. You have to have the four corners, right? You have to be really good at all four segments of your game. So you have to be technical. You have to be tactical. Um, You have to make, uh, you have to be physical, right? If you're not physically fit and you can't run, like we have a tryout, you're, you're playing for, you're playing, you're going to play for 60 minutes. And Mm -hmm. if you can't run for 60 minutes, you're probably not going to make the team right? It's just, it's that simple, right? It's a game that goes on for 90 minutes and we only get seven subs. So, <laughs> you know, if you, if mm-hmm. we, we can't sub everybody. So some people have to stay on the field. Um, and then, and then quite frankly, and this is where most people I think are, are deficient and that's soccer IQ. That's just, that's just your, your mental ability, right? Do you, when you pass the ball and you make a bad pass or someone doesn't control a pass, do you get your head down? Do you be, you know, do you be mopey? Do you yell at that player? Right. That's, that just, 
get up and do it again, right? Be resilient, right? We look for players who are resilient. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the great things about sports, I think, and, and one of the things that quite frankly, um, I'm going to be a little philosophical here if you'll, you'll allow me, is oh, absolutely. I, I played on teams that won every game in a season and I played on teams that lost every game in a season, right? And it sucked to lose every game. But you know what? I got back up. I, you know, we brushed ourselves off, we added a couple of players, and then we wound up going out and winning the league the next season. And it, you know, resilience is important. And I think that's somewhere where, where sports in general can, can give good life skills for people in that, you know, just make sure that you know how to be resilient. Um, and that's come in handy in my career. Look, I've been doing my, my mm-hmm. you know, I've been in this business for 27 years. And, you know, Wall Street is a pretty cut, cutthroat business in general. And, you know, it's, sometimes you're going to get knocked down and you just, you know, it's that, uh, uh, thump a wumping, right? Um, <laughs> you, you know, sometimes you get knocked down, you got to get up again. Um, uh-huh. Never going to keep me down. And 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 so 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 things like body language, things like you know, what's your attitude during tryouts? You know, going up to the coach and saying like, "Hey, coach, like, you know, I know I'm not fit, but I think I can be by May." No, tough shit. You know, uh, so, <laughs> you know, if, if you're not if you're not fit in December, we mm-hmm. don't know if you're going to be fit in May. So. Mm-hmm you know, be fit for tryouts. Right. And so if you're not mm-hmm. right now and you want to try out for real central, get on the treadmill right now. Right. And, and, yeah. and be ready for December 28th. Sounds like yeah. my fitness plan. Like I could be fit by May. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Me every year. Hey, listen, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not physical fit. I have no tactical ability <laughs> and you know, I can definitely not run for 60 minutes, but my Sunday league team, we lost 5 0 every single week, and I was the keeper, but I kept on going. So if you're looking for resilience, I'm right here. Boom. There's your rock. <laughs> I will show up every single week, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, but, but the, you know, soccer is supposed to be fun, right? And, and yeah. the fact is, like, look, I, I play in an over 40 league myself. We, we're not Sunday, we play on Thursdays. And, you know, we, we, sometimes we get thumped, right? There's like two or three teams mm-hmm. that are just ridiculously good. And then there's the rest of us who are like mediocre. And, you know, it, you're supposed to go out there and have fun, right? And, and right. if, you know, I think particularly in things like Sunday leagues and, and like, you know, adult men's leagues, like you want it to be competitive because you want to be a competitive person. But at the same time, like you can't take it that seriously, right? Like if, if, if a team, if you have a bad loss, you should still be able to go out and have a drink with the other team after the game, right? Like yeah, it, right. It's, it's the way it should be. Um, so Tyler, do you have any final questions for Ara? No, it was it was great. I loved getting to talk to you, Ira. It was uh, it was awesome hearing about you guys' process and plans, and uh, I really hope to uh, to see our teams meet here in the near future. Yeah, I do too. So, um, yeah, thanks very much. Keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, I started. Uh, I kind of started my my more recent soccer journey actually through a podcast, right? So as you guys, yeah, know, and League One Fun, on the, right? On the beautiful game network, League One Fun. I I, I, yeah. I do miss it sometimes. Um, I don't mm-hmm. miss watching you know six games in a in a weekend like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I probably watch more soccer now than I did than I did then. But it it people don't understand how difficult it is to do a show like you guys do every week, right? Because between doing the show notes and, and, you know, having, having your rundown and it, it's really hard. And, and, you know, I, it, it's underappreciated. I think, you know, people just think, Oh, I just need a microphone and a computer and I can do a podcast. Well, it takes a lot more than that. And you guys, you know, you guys do a great job as a, as a fan run podcast and, and it's, it's great stuff. And I hope you keep it up. Appreciate Thanks. that. 
Yeah. yeah, you you got to talk to our friends that walk in ninety two, and they're just awesome too. They, yeah, uh, yeah, they're they there's there's a, some good ones in the, this level yeah. that do a really good job that deserve yeah. all the love. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that Elliot and and those guys started uh, walking ninety after we uh, after Jay. Well, the other thing was Jason moved out to to Hawaii, so it was a little bit the time yeah, zone thing hard. for recording was also really hard too. We did it for a year, and, and he's like, "Dude, I can't." He's like, "I can't uh-huh. keep getting up at five o'clock in the morning to record with you, man." Yeah, man. <laughs> oh no, you have to get up at five o'clock in Hawaii. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I love I miss Jason a lot. I mean, quite frankly, I, mm-hmm. I love talking to him. And and like you know, you guys know those little conversations you have before and after the show. Those were always like super yeah. fun. So You're right. Yeah. So with the final thoughts of the night, uh, Ira, do you have any things that you want to say to the people about about uh, real Central New Jersey about yourself personally? We like to go over like so- non soccer stuff. So if you have a favorite song, album, TV show, movie that you've been watching, listening to, what you got? Okay. So I am a super nerd in many ways. And okay. uh, so, so fun fact, Ira Jersey has been a, uh, known to live action role play in the past, you know, get dressed up like play Dungeons and Dragons, but in real life with foam swords and stuff. Okay. Uh, so, so there's your fun fed. There's your fun Ira Jersey fact. Um, my, my favorite, my favorite album of all time is Billy Joel Glass Houses. Great um, one. So, um, and uh, let's see what what else other favorite things. Um, I mean, I, I I just did. I have to say this this was very indulgent of me. Um, we just did the Galactic Star Cruiser down at uh, Disney in Orlando, uh-huh. um, where you basically live action role play as a as a person from the Star Wars universe for two days. That's and awesome. It was so much fun. I mean, I have to tell. I mean, it's it's way too expensive, like, it's super expensive <laughs> but it's so fun. I mean, it was great. It was really good. Like you get, you know, you get the lightning lanes for all the Star Wars things that you know everyone else has uh-huh. two hour waits, and you have, you know, you walk in and it's like five minutes, um, and uh, it, you know, you, uh, um, yeah, just just check out. I put it out an Instagram post on my personal Instagram. Just just take a look. It's it was just it was great. Yeah. I hope as you walk past everybody, you're just like. I'll be skipping the line ahead of you. <laughs> I did not, but that would have been a good. That would have been a good one. But actually, actually, they might have. I might have gotten punched out. I know. I was gonna say. I would wonder what looks you'd get. <laughs> Either you'd get some high fives, or yeah, <laughs> definitely some nasty looks. I, yeah. time, the people that have been there for about an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. That thought about leaving the Sitting line about heat. an hour ago. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, you have some final thoughts of the night? Oh, not not a whole lot. I'm just, uh, man, I'm sad that we're not going to have any World Cup action tomorrow. I'm not going to lie. It's been awesome because uh, I've managed to here and there uh, watch little pieces of, of games with my students because they're like super into it right now. And uh, I don't know. It's been really neat to, to see how much they've gotten into it because I have a bunch of kids that never watched soccer before. And then I was like, hey, guys, let's just watch a little bit because you guys did awesome today and uh, you're ahead on your work. And as long as you keep focused, we can we can catch a game or two. And it was like we watched one of France's games and my kids like lost it whenever France won. They were like shaking the floor and they were like, yeah, I was like, why are you guys so invested in France? And they're like, we don't know, but we're glad they won. <laughs> we- so it's fun. Well, we they have, have Olivia Giroud, and he's the most handsome man in football, right? So. <laughs> That's what it is—the the immovable hair. It's just <laughs> always perfect. Just <laughs> I mean, it's not fair. How can you look like that and score goals for fun? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's how I had uh, some of my kids. We had um, we didn't get to watch a lot of World Cup because our classes were only or we only have thirty minute long classes. But one of our mm-hmm. kids is from Brazil, and so we watched a little of the Brazil match, and the kids were going crazy because they were like, "Oh my god, he's from Brazil, and we're watching Brazil! Ah, this is awesome!" And they were just losing their mind. It's like, all right. You never even knew Brazil exists as a country until about five years ago. Yes, and they're pointing out on a map, and then they're pointing at like I don't know Spain. Like, I think it's that thing. It's like it's like this is Brazil. No, that's New Jersey. Please yeah. go back. To <laughs> you know what they say? New Jersey is the Brazil of North of North America. I think they say that anyway. Do they? Uh, okay. Someone said I did. I said it. <laughs> well, well, certainly, you know, certainly Carney is uh, with his North Jersey. It's uh, that was Soccer City USA for a long time, right? Yeah, the half of the mm. the national team from 1994 to 1998, um, you know, came from Carney. So that that whole Carney crew is, you know, basically now almost all of them are commentators somewhere. <laughs> hey, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's yeah. see. I guess final thoughts of the night. Hey, thank you for everybody who uh, hey, listen. Thank you for all the support that was on the state of the USL last week. That one got some insane reviews. And granted, that's also because I did as little talking as possible. So, I mean, thanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it really was a great episode. And I really appreciate you all listening. Um, thank you for everybody who filled out the Google form. We I've sent out your feedback to everybody. We are already planning next year's season and we are super excited to get into the next iteration of this 2.0 2.5 thing um mm-hmm. and we do have some more off-season content so we have interviews more interviews coming up we have some watch-alongs that we're planning um so i'm super excited about that and i usually have one piece of music that i that i recommend um I, this week, what I listened to on the way to North Carolina, I got it. Okay, Beethoven's Sixth Symphony. Just give it a listen. It's a good one. You, If you enjoy that kind of music, you'll like it. If you don't, just give it a shot. Just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome. Ira, thanks for coming on. It was awesome. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. Yeah, be well. All yeah, right. and so thank again, thank you all for listening. And for the first time and only time of night, go ahead, Q Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.